Welcome to the Faith at Work Sermon Podcast. I'm Pastor Jim Melvin. Everyone's welcome here. Through my messages, I seek to derive real-life meaning from the words of Scripture. This universal meaning of faith is important for all of us, no matter what type of faith community, if any, that we identify with. We all have spiritual needs, and turning to Scripture and ancient wisdom is one of the best ways that I've found to meet them. This is especially important now, when we all face life challenges coming at us from all directions. Sometimes we wonder how we're going to be able to cope. This week's scripture lesson comes from a portion of the Gospel of Mark called The Little Apocalypse, because in it Jesus talks about how the world will end with the coming of the Son of Man and the establishment of a new creation. From the Gospel of Mark. But when you see the desolating sacrilege set up where it ought not to be, let the reader understand, then those in Judea must flee to the mountains. The one on the housetop must not go down to enter the house to take anything away. The one in the field must not turn back to get a coat. Woe to those who are pregnant and to those who are nursing infants in those days. Pray that it might not be in winter. For in those days there will be suffering such as not been seen from the beginning of creation that God created until now. No, and no, never will be. And if the Lord had not cut short these days, no one would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect, whom he chose, he has cut short those days. And if anyone says to you at that time, Look, here is the Messiah, or look, there he is, do not believe it. False messiahs and false prophets will appear and produce signs and omens to lead astray, if possible, the elect. Be alert. I have already told you everything. But in those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then we will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds, with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. This is the gospel of our Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to begin with a little music from Brenda Lee. Rush to shore I'm 
Brenda Lee make, could really make you feel how having your boyfriend leave you is the end of the world. We've all had those moments in our lives when tragic events, large and small, make it seem like our world is ending. And it is. At least our world, as we know it, is ending. But like Brenda Lee discovered, the sun goes on shining, the bees keep on buzzing, and the river keeps on flowing down to the sea. The world will have to end another day. For the people we read about in the Bible, there were many times that the world seemed like it was coming to an end. In the days of Noah, God warned that he would bring an end to the world because of the wickedness of the people. Save for Noah and his family, and representative plants and animals who were saved, the world did end. For the children of Israel living in the time when their homes and their beautiful temple in Jerusalem were destroyed by King Nebuchadnezzar, their families killed, and most of those who remained carted off into captivity in Babylon, it was the end of their world. And in Jesus' day, under the oppressive Roman rule and corrupt religious leadership, it felt like the end was coming. In its own little way, the end did come. Jerusalem was destroyed again to put down a Jewish rebellion. And Jesus' prediction that not one stone of the temple would be left standing upon another came to pass in 70 A.D., when the Romans tore it down to the ground. Despite the tears in the people's eyes and unspeakable suffering, the world kept on turning. Don't they know it's the end of the world? An apocalypse is a prophetic revelation of the end times when God will destroy the earth as we know it and establish a new creation and a new kingdom. For Christians, the most familiar apocalypse is the book of Revelation, where Christ returns. The writer of Revelation proclaims, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And then this begs the question, when? When will the world end? The most precise answer that I can find in Scripture is soon. But even Jesus wouldn't get specific. He said, But about that day or hour no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Cosmologists, those super smart physicists who spend their waking hours and probably their dream hours, pondering these eternal questions, have their own scientific mathematical theories about the end of the world and the universe. The most popular these days is that the universe will bow out of existence due to heat death. All of the stars in the cosmos will burn up their fuel, with most of them leaving behind dense remnants known as white dwarfs and neutron stars. The largest stars will collapse into black holes, I heard just recently there's a new theory that there may be some spectacular fireworks at the end as those white dwarfs create supernovas at the final death throes of all that is. And then a cold, stony, eternal silence will fall over all things. Well, don't worry. 
That's trillions of years in the future. Yet, time flies. The reason that I got started on this cheery topic about the end of the world is that a lot of people are raising questions about whether or not the end is near based on the seemingly endless list of trials and tribulations that we're experiencing today. I've had people ask me as a pastor if I think that this is really finally the sign of the end. Hey, if Jesus couldn't answer that question, it's certainly way above my pay grade. And I don't want to be one of those false prophets that Jesus talks about in Matthew where he says, Beware that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Messiah. And they will lead many astray. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. But see that you are not alarmed, for this must take place. But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. And all this is but the beginning of birth pangs. But in all humility, I do think that there's some things that I can talk about in the biblical teachings about the apocalypse that can help inform us about what's going on in our present time. Let's make a laundry list of some of the perils that the people of planet Earth are facing at this moment. We are seeing wars and rumors of wars. Famine and hunger is widespread around the globe. Wildfires are ravaging California due to record temperatures. The COVID-19 pandemic is still unchecked and claiming hundreds of thousands of lives. And when it's finally controlled, there's nothing to say that another even more devastating virus might emerge to take its place. Hurricanes and ocean rise threaten coastal communities fueled by climate change. Race riots are destroying cities, and throngs of immigrants are being turned away at many countries' borders, not just our own. Political divisiveness threatens the fabric of our democracy. And the information age and information technology, once thought to be ushering in a new age of enlightenment and knowledge, has become a means of disseminating hatred and undermining the concept of truth itself. As the King of Siam says in The King, of, King and I, etc., etc., etc. We live in a time ripe for apocalyptic thinking. It seems quite possible to me that we are witnessing the beginning of the end in the same sense that people of Noah's day, the Israelites being carted away to Babylonia, and Jewish society in Jesus' days were. We are not, I strongly suspect, witnessing the winding down of the Big Bang of the universe. We are experiencing our own little apocalypse. Humanity and the earth we inhabit may be approaching a tipping point when many changes come together to forever alter life as we know it. And we hear that expressed over and over again when people say, we're facing a new normal. We're already experiencing it in some ways. So here's where apocalyptic thinking can do more for us than just induce terror. First, an apocalypse is a wake-up call. Serious things are taking place. In every apocalypse in the Bible comes the warning, be alert, stay awake, 
Keep your eyes and ears open. When our world is functioning smoothly, it's easy to fall into complacency. The problems of famine and war are on the other side of the world. I don't need to worry. Ebola and disease are things that affect third world countries. I live in a clean environment where disease is controlled, and I have access to health care should I get sick. I live in an affluent, enlightened community, so racism doesn't affect me. Climate change is something that will impact future generations, and by then, science will find a way to deal with it. We think these things, we think this way, until we have no place to hide. Until suddenly the words, don't they know it's the end of the world, hit home. Now we come to the hopeful part of the apocalypse. There is something on the other side. There is a new creation. Noah's family emerged from the ark and repopulated the earth. The Israelites were allowed to return home, where they built a new temple and entered a new age of prosperity. And though it took almost 2,000 years after the Romans dispersed the Jews across the face of the earth, they have been returned to the land to establish a new nation, though that nation and the people of that region still face great difficulty. The writer of Revelation says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. The ultimate message of the apocalypse is not that the end is near, but that its God is faithful and will begin a new creation from the litter of the old. Let's face it. The world as we know it could use some recreating. So let me propose my own vision of the new heaven and the new earth that I see descending upon us, or at least could descend upon us. I see an earth where the forces of science and technology are turned to the eradication of disease, doing away with hunger, and restoring the environment to make the earth a more habitable and hospitable place again. I see a new humanity where people of all colors and nationalities live their lives in peace and harmony with one another. I see a new free society where the politics of today is unrecognizable because it is based on cooperation, respect, and a new civility. And after our isolation is over, I see us truly appreciate our personal relationships and put down our phones and other devices and speak to each other face to face. That's my little apocalypse. It's something I long to be a part of. Don't you? Why does the sun go on shining? Why does the sea rush to shore? Why do the birds go on singing? And why do the stars glow above? Why? Because God loves us, that's why. Even to the end of the world. Amen. Thank you for joining me today. May God bless you in this life, and may God create a newer and brighter future for us all. Keep the faith.
Why do these eyes of mine cry? Don't 